0: Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender for today. And I'm Trish, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail, buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot, toot! Beep, beep! <laughs> Today's cocktail is an apple cider margarita. It is a fall classic, so we're on the verge of the wrong season here, but just roll with me. If you can't find apple cider, you can definitely make it homemade. But to make the margarita, what you want to do is take one and a half ounces of tequila, a half ounce of lime juice, and three ounces of apple cider, shake it with ice, and pour into your glass I really like to take this up a level by rimming the glass with caramel and cinnamon sugar or like the fancy baking sugar which is what I did today on TikTok and Instagram. You can find those on our social feeds but with or without the rim this drink is a delicious classic that you will enjoy for years to come. All right so today's episode I'm not sure exactly how I stumbled upon on this i think i was just looking up stuff on murderpedia.com it it's possible it's a, it's a fun place for me to hang out okay i find a lot of interesting people it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> uh if you hear some background noise it's just sloan coloring so that she can focus <laughs> i'm a big kid um today's episode is about Anne marie hahn i've never heard of her yeah, it's the first time I heard of her after, like, researching her. She's um interesting. Can't wait to hear more. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this one. It's a, it's a real fun one. And it takes place in good old Cincinnati, Ohio, which is near and dear to my heart. It's where I went to college. And if you follow college football... You might know that they are doing a little something, something right now. So Trish is very they happy. They are finally in the playoffs. The first non-power five. It is exciting. I am hoping we make it far. But even if we don't make it past this first game, I'm still proud. Back to today's episode. Anne Marie Hahn. All right, a little bit about Anne Marie. Anna Marie. Sorry. She was the youngest of 12 children, which, as the youngest of eight children, I can relate to her. Can't imagine. I'm the <laughs> oldest of three. Granted, my... They just said she was the youngest of 12. My family, at least, we are... We're kind of like the Brady Bunch. My my parents are both previously married, had three, and then got together and then had two. Right, but- So... I mean, you're about to get to this, but, like, when when was she born? Because that really does say a lot as to how many siblings somebody, like, a family has to you. Or children. You get what I'm Nowhere saying. Nowhere that I found really, like, listed when she was born. Um, I can maybe look it up real But, quick. like, what time period are we talking about here? This is, like, the 19, like 1930s. Okay. So, I mean, so common. It's, yeah. yeah. It's. Like oh, both gosh. of my grandparents, both grew up in like very large families. Um, oh yeah, my... like ten plus kids to to start with, and of course, things yeah. happened My my grandparents on at least my mother's side. I don't know too much about my dad's side. Um, they like they're both from large families. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, she was the youngest of twelve children. Five of her siblings had already. Died before she was born. That's what I meant by life. Which is another, yeah, it's another (laughs) common occurrence back then. I didn't want to get morbid too soon, but that's what I (laughs) meant earlier by life happening. It's all right. History does it for us. (laughs) Amen. Her father, George Filster, F I L S T E R. I'm saying Filster. Sounds good to me. Was a furniture manufacturer. So, for the time, that meant the family was considered to be very well off. Okay. Um, I don't think that that would be a high-paying career these days, but I can see it then. Not today, but, like, then yeah. you gotta figure this is the time yeah. of people moving to the States and that and yeah. setting up their life. So, like, it's a very high-paying career at that time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at 19... She became pregnant with her son Oscar, and she told her family that his father was a Viennese uh, physician named Doctor Max Mat- Mat- I don't even know. You know what? You that sounded great to me, and that <laughs> that matches the spelling. But it's literally M A T S C H. E-K-I. If anybody knows better, please educate us, but we are right. doing the best we can here. There, there are some interesting names, and that is one that, that was one of the few in this that I, I literally was like, I'm gonna butcher this so bad. Um, but she claims uh, he is a well-known cancer researcher. Which, awesome. But as we find out, there is no record of this doctor um, even existing. So to this day, the boy's father is unknown. Okay, then. So, great start she made this man up. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Uh. So, like I said, this is back in the nineteen like early, like, late 1920s, early 1930s. Right. So, this is a big, like... Sorry, I'm really bad with, like, history, but this is what, like, post-World War I, I believe. I believe so. It's, like, right around the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, at the time, because, you know, she is not married yet, and she is pregnant, this is a huge scandal for the family. So... She was living in Germany at this time. The family just shipped her off to the U.S. Oh, let it be the US, U.S.'s problem. <laughs> I mean, we deal with problems greatly here. Um, but they let her at least give birth to her son still in Germany, okay, before they shipped her off. But they, once her son was born and everything, they sent her to the U.S. and her son remained in Bavaria with her parents. (laughs) Around 1927 is the time that she immigrated from Germany to the United States. Um, She stayed with some relatives and she met a fellow German immigrant, Philip Hahn. Okay. Okay. And then when they decided they were going to get married and everything, she briefly returned to Germany to retrieve her son. Um, and then she came back, they got married and everything, and they settled down in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> Welcome home, Trish. <laughs> it's <a> great time. <laughs> um, this was in 1929. Philip was a telegraph operator. Which at the time again, it's a great job. I was about to say that sounds interesting. I, at least you don't have to be face-to-face customer service. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the dream, you know, the dream. I, no, that's not the dream. It's Not even the dream. Though. The dream <laughs> is to not be in customer service. Period. Period. But to not be face-to-face, though, at least they don't have a mm. face to put with the like the voice. I would, I would love that too. Yeah. All right, back on topic. Uh, so Philip was a telegraph operator. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to, you know, make a normal life. They're in Cincinnati. She's got her son back. They're just this happy little family and everything. Anna is described as a pleasant-faced woman in her early thirties. And appeared to be a giving and caring person that wouldn't even hurt a fly. Hmm. She just walked in the room and just lit up the room. Oh, okay. You know. Like how, Christmas lights. How every every person in, you know, that goes missing or whatever just is described. If I walk into a room, tell the truth, please. Please. <laughs> she had resting a resting bitch, bitch face. face. She looked like she was judging everyone and it was probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Uh, she often went to local like beer gardens in Cincinnati and would sing and entertain elderly gentlemen that were there. And Her, She was described to have a rich voice and a plump, blonde, good-looking figure. So very German. Yes. Back when... German-esque, I should say. Like stereotypical... You know, back in the good old days when curves and a little bit of weight was considered to be... Healthy. A beautiful thing. And now here we are. Trying to get back to that point, but it is what it is. Diet culture. Yep. Which we're not saying, you know, don't make yourself healthy, but also embrace the figure you have. I talk about this enough on my <laughs> on my other Instagram. So find me there if you don't already. Um so yeah, she often sang to local beer gardeners. Like, for her different admirers that she had. And then a few years into her marriage, Philip came down with a mysterious illness. Mysterious, eh? (laughs) His mother had uh, demanded he be transported to a hospital where she would look after him. And even though Anna strongly protested to this happening, he was admitted to the hospital. I just, I'm, <laughs> I get really bothered whenever mother's wishes outweigh the wives. Like I 1000% get it. You birthed them, you gave them life, you're raising them, but like you raised them to be a good person and to make good choices and they made a choice in their spouse. So like for you to overstep the spouse's boundaries, I don't get it. All of that to say, I have a great mother-in-law. Like, she is absolutely fantastic. I don't have any issues with her. She doesn't overstep our boundaries. But I could not imagine. Could not imagine. I get that. In this case, though, I do side with the mother-in-law. Good for you for getting him out of there. Because, as you will find out, Anna's a little sketchy. Aren't we all? Anna is a little (laughs) little sketchy. And it worked out for the best that he got out of her care. All right, so I'm wrong. <laughs> Mark it down in your journals, guys. But my argument still stands. In 1932, Anna gave up on her small bakery she owned to become a home nursemaid to single Ugh. elderly man. She like gave up is... on your dreams, Sloane. I... <laughs> I would love to have a bakery. (laughs) She gave up on your dream of having a bakery. I would love to have a bakery. To take care of other people. Your worst Mm -hmm. nightmare. Yes. (laughs) Accurate. I don't Uh, even want to take care of myself. If anybody wants to take that job up, let me know. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So she had a bakery. She gave up on that dream and she said she's going to become this nursemaid. She's going to take care of people in their own houses. Everything like that. Many of these men that she ended up caring for, she had met through the beer gardens and she offered to care for them despite not having any training in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is some audacity. That is the early, like, years before college was really, like, a pushed thing on people to be like, yeah, I can do this. Fair point. I can do this. Fair point, but still. Um... One of these men said she was a, um... I just lost my my place. There he goes. Um... Oh, yeah. One by one, these men she offered to lovingly care for died. It was it was bound to happen, I think. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any training. So obviously, if they are elderly and have underlying conditions, yeah, maybe they're going to die. Yeah. But there's more to this story or else that would just be, you know, the end. She wouldn't be very interesting. Uh, relatives who were grateful for her help paid uh, like paid her for her being like this self-appointed nurse. They paid her thousands of dollars from like these deceased estates and everything. Gave her houses, stuff like this. Where do I sign up? Right? She was living the big life, taking care of the taking care of these people, and I say taking care of these people lightly. (laughs) 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 Um, One of her first victims that they know of was in 1933. His name was Ernest Coiler. I literally should know how to say this last name. It is literally the same as People I went to school with. It's <laughs> very German last name is K O H L E R. Not a clue. He was 72 years old and he died while in her care and he left her a large boarding house. Hmm. With children like act. Were children living? In I, a, don't I don't know if it was like a child's boarding house or if they were calling it a boarding house, but it was like an apartment building or like an okay. office building. I don't know. They just labeled it a boarding house. I just don't and know I say that because one of the residents that was there is a man named Doctor Arthur Voss, and he kept an office in this building, and he soon found that. After she took ownership that several of his blank prescription pads went missing from his desk. Hmm. And when he complained to the new owner, Anna, she just shrugged it off and said, maybe one of your patients took it. I doubt it, Anna. <laughs> so, it's a great start. It's a great start to your your ownership there. As the Great Great Depression deepened, Anna continued in her role as what she and others like to call an angel of mercy. Oh. A suicide doctor. (laughs) June 1st, 1937, 68-year-old Jacob Wagner became uh, Anna's patient. He died just a day later on June 2nd mm-hmm. um, and then just days later, seventy year old George Opendorfer died under her care. And both men died of acute stomach pains and vomiting. So as the cra- I was going say, as the crime junkie, what does that lead you to believe? <laughs> Poisoning. And a crazy lady. Yep. Uh, It was brought to the attention of Cincinnati Police Chief Patrick Hayes. And Hayes ordered an autopsy of Wagner's body and, you know, not shocking at all, poison was found. Hmm. (laughs) Huh. Who would (laughs) have thought? Several other bodies that were deemed to be under her care at the time of their death were exhumed. And they were found to be poisoned. Oh, did I ruin it? I'm sorry. <laughs> when they did the autopsies, they discovered four different types of poison. <laughs> so she wasn't loyal to any type of poison. She just said, "Hey, this one will work." She wasn't loyal. Period. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "This, this will kill him." It's what I can get my hands on these days. <laughs> like. She wasn't loyal to her choice of weapon. She wasn't loyal to her people. She wasn't loyal. And she just said, poison. That's that's what I want. (laughs) Uh, The autopsies of a man named Palmer and that of George just sells. this is another one I've I like struggled on. Sounds right to me. Is literally G. Selman. So, G. Selman, I'm guessing. Uh, George. Gselman? Yeah. It's probably French. It sounds French. I don't know. I don't know. I'm it's not cultured, pro- guys. It's from a German, like, area of Cincinnati. So, which, Cincinnati at this time was very German anyways. And right. if you go visit these days, it's still very, they are very proud of their German beginnings. Right. There are beer gardens everywhere and pubs and stuff. And they have a lot of restaurants that are German-based. It's great. If you like German food or you have never experienced it and you want to go experience some good stuff, I highly suggest going to Cincinnati. Sounds like we need to go because we have two beer gardens here and it's the same company. And uh, I will never say no to a trip to Cincinnati. I always have a good time there. I never say no to a trip. (laughs) Period. Uh, Getting back to the story. Uh, George was 67. Uh, They didn't have an age listed for Palmer, but um, as the autopsies revealed, more evidence of arsenic and croton oil, croton oil. I have no idea. Arsenic Mm -hmm. is definitely the more well-known the yeah. two, but apparently this is another similar common poison, poison. I guess. Uh, they were both evident in both of these men. So. She was, like we said, not loyal to the type of poison, just as long as she knew it was something that would kill somebody. She was like, that'll do. <sighs> Some of her victims include Eric uh, Koch, poach he was 72 he died may 6 1933 he left her a house <laughs> okay maybe this could be my career for a little <laughs> while <laughs> albert parker 72 he left uh so before he died he had given her a 1000 thousand-dollar loan and then when he died you know the iou just like suddenly disappeared Right. It's just miraculous how that happened. George Wagner, age 78, died June 3rd, 1937. He left her $17,000 to his beloved niece, Anna. No. He (laughs) thought of her so highly that he started calling her his niece. We're family now. Yes. Uh, George Jesselman, he died July 6th, 1937. He left her fifteen thousand dollars so in the span of three days what she made 30 something thousand dollars um i wish i'm definitely in the wrong business <laughs> uh george Oben Obendorf- mm-hmm. dorfer yeah mm-hmm. another german name Right, right. As the person with the German last name and heritage, I suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> he died August 1937 and he left her five thousand dollars. So again, we're in the wrong business. Uh, one man who escaped her fatal care was George Heis. He became suspicious of her when flies that were sipping on the beer that she had brought him literally keeled over in front of him. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 Could you imagine you just happen to be having some flies, like, come around, and they, like, take a sip of your drink. You're, like, so annoyed that they're taking a sip of your drink, and then you look, and they're dead next to your drink. I mean okay I'm not gonna lie like yeah like we like our tequila and everything our drinks are a little strong but I would hope they would not keel over from (laughs) it. No I was gonna say I was gonna bring up about how my apartment complex didn't clean the pool for seven months this year and we had flies infesting our apartment and like if your drink did not have a lid on it you would have at least three or four gnats in your drink. And like, it was nothing that I could do. I was bleaching the house every day, so please don't come at me like I'm nasty. It was literally the cesspool that I live above. And I it, I, I remember so many margaritas with gnats in it. Do you not? I mean, you were here well, with me. like It's possible, but also it's margarita. I was gonna waste it. I mean, no. Extra protein. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just saying I've been there, but not from the same perspective. Right. My perspective is from a uh, corrupt complex, and we can go over that in another later, another episode. Right. Um, So, he became suspicious when these flies just kind of keeled over. Right. He ordered her to take a big swallow of his beer, and when she refused, he fired her. (laughs) Smart man, he never reported her to anywhere, but he just said, not a "I smart can't man. trust you, so you're fired." Han was summoned to the police detective's office, uh, Officer Hayes, and she was questioned. And she at first was very indignant to like him accusing her. He, she could not even understand why he thought she would be involved in these deaths how could he dare to include her in the suspicion of these deaths you're sounding guilty af <laughs> bitch <laughs> um she said i just love to make old people feel comfy in their resting place <laughs> Who knows? She just said, I love to make old people feel comfy. What, what that meant to her, we don't know. I kind of do. <laughs> we do, but we don't. Okay. But because these men left her such extravagant gifts and money, she shouldn't be looked at as a suspect was one of her big... You should especially be looked at as a suspect because they left you that much money. Like Uh once you saw the writing in ink, you were probably like, "All right, it's time to kill you now." who even knows if she saw the rain in or if she did it herself. Like, this is the 1930s. How I'm, well did they look into those things? Yeah, I mean, true. She could have written the papers herself. I just kind of feel like, you know, if for them to die after they've left her something, I, don't, I feel yeah. like there might be a correlation there. But I'm not a detective or anything. Um, So, an at th- first, it was reported that these poor men just died of dysentery. Or something along those sorts. Common um, an excuse back in the days. And again, that was another one of her excuses. It was that she didn't do anything. They just all happened to catch, like, dysentery. While this I'm is not the Oregon Trail, you. ma'am. We don't all just walk around catching dysentery. <laughs> you do if she's watching you. <laughs> um... Hayes pressured her and she finally admitted it was odd that these old men all just kind of died under her hair in such a short time. Yeah, it's so odd, isn't I just, it? I just don't understand how this is happening to me. How dare they do that to you, Anna? Uh <sighs> you're the victim here. Right. Um and then she just hap- she was like, Why are you picking on me? Um, because you're <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Sorry. What Han didn't know was that they had searched her house by this point. Mm-hmm. And Hayes stared back at Han after her question of how, like, dare he pick on her, and told her, "We searched your place, Mrs. Han." And we found enough poison to kill half of Cincinnati. Oh my God. gosh. What? <laughs> so not only are you guilty, you are guilty. You're like guilty, you're, guilty. You might as well just ask for a lawyer and shut your mouth. <laughs> like, you're there's done. There's no way of talking your way out of this. Not Han's really. lips quivered and she burst into tears she stated she was an angel of mercy for these old men. And the last thing she would do would be to harm them in any way. So basically she was trying to say, basically they wanted to die. I was doing them a favor. Uh, you were doing them a favor because they left you money. <laughs> um, you might want to get a drink for this one, cause the tea gets hot here. Oh, tea gets goodness. real hot here. <laughs> I'm gonna it. take me a drink, cause whoo. I mean, I have this a glass is karma yet. at its finest right here. So you remember how I told you that her husband just mysteriously mysteriously became ill? Uh huh. He survived. Oh, good. And essentially, he sealed her fate. How so? <laughs> he told police not only did she steal the prescription pads from Dr. Voss's office, but she had her 12 year old son, Oscar, uh-uh, fetch no. the prescriptions. No, Anna. <laughs> from different pharmacies. She wouldn't even use the same one just so they wouldn't get suspicious. And uh your child. Yep. Um he went on to say that his wife tried to kill him, no, tried to insure him two different times for more than $25,000 and he refused. I mean, did you know that you can get life insurance without that person knowing? I'm sure now you can, but back then, you gotta think it was a... Back ma- then, you probably did, but I say, yeah. back then, you probably more than likely needed a man's pers- permission. Oh, yeah, you needed a man's permission to do anything. I'm <laughs> sorry, I forgot what time period we were, <laughs> we were talking about. Right. So, she tried to basically get thousand... Like, back then, you got figured figure $25,000 is a whole lot of money. Yeah for him like to kill over million? and die. Yeah, probably about 1 million today off the top of my head. I know there's a money converter and stuff, but we don't have it up and available right now. But so yeah. Uh so even after he refused, uh shortly after is when he became sick and then his mother intervened. Oh, good. So, thank God for his mom at this time. Uh he miraculously survived um, even though she was spiking his meals with this poison, mm. they don't ever state which poison she decided to use, but he was, he was getting poison through the food she was serving him. We can't even guess because she ain't loyal. <laughs> right. Uh, anne was charged with several murders. I would hope so. Her trial lasted for four weeks in November of 1937. So what? She started taking care of these men as soon as nineteen thirty-three. So, so like four or five years yeah. depending on months and whatnot. Uh her defense lawyers brought up no. Yeah. Is this is a miss. this might be a miss type. I don't know. I literally my note I did these like half asleep in that, so forgive me. <laughs> Uh, my note says her defense lawyers brought up Anna's past of theft and forgery, so I would think that would be not hers, but the ones against her. <laughs> I would yeah. hope, yeah, um, I agree with that, so not only is she a murderer, but she also has a history of theft and forging things. So she's just a great person all around. All around. Oh gosh, wait a minute. There it is. Uh this was okay, so maybe it was. It goes this wasn't an attempt to establish robbery and not murder as her motive. So yes, her 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 defense was trying to say she wasn't killing these men just to kill them. She was She wanted their money. Yes. Which is what I've been saying. For the past 30 minutes. <laughs> right. So, yeah. She, they were trying to say no. She was just trying to rob these ones, not kill them. But she had to kill them to rob right. them. So, you know, like, she's still freaking guilty. You're just adding on to her. You know, I'm guilty, but I'm not as guilty as you think I am. Uh, and that's my next note. However, this only fixed more guilt onto her. So, at first, you know, it was just present. she's just this murderer. But then you're going to add the fact that she has a past of robbing people and stuff. So, you're saying that, yes, she had a motive. <laughs> and they were just collateral damage, basically. Um, Usually is. Right. The media dubbed her as the beautiful blonde killer. Why? Why does the media have to do things like that? Like first of all, can we please stop naming the killers because that kind of provokes future people that get into that mindset that it you makes know people want to be this infamous person. Yes, and infamy is not all that great. So first of all, can we stop naming These incidents and these people and giving them more power than they should have. I had a second point and it went (laughs) out the door with the tequila. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just, it's crazy that the media will come up with these names. And like, I get it back then. You don't want to think that a woman is capable of doing these types of heinous crimes, but... A woman is more capable than a man of doing most of everything. There's a reason why women listen to true crime, okay? So we can... Never mind. (laughs) Uh, It's entertaining to us. Siri, Alexa, FBI agent. I mean... I didn't mean what I said, okay? (laughs) It's all fake news. So along with her being dubbed this beautiful blonde killer... She would only, like, add on to this and make herself, like, the media darling by giving multiple interviews to the, like, reporters from her cell. Um, and then, like, these reporters would come to, like, her court cases and <laughs> that. So she was trying to win over the media. Right. Uh, in interviews, she described in detail how she would plump pillows for these dear old men, holding their quivering hands for hours while she sat at their sick beds. While you killed them. <laughs> I just was so caring. I made sure that they were comfortable and felt that someone was there, you know? I wanted to make sure that the act was carried out before somebody else found them. Right uh most of their minds had faded these poor darlings but i tried to bring some comfort and joy to them in their last moments sometimes i would chuck chuck their chins and tickle their ears to make them laugh hmm hmm you're still not a good person (laughs) she was found guilty and sentenced to death good i mean Uh, right I very I feel conflicted about the death penalty, but like, good yes for this one. It's a quick fix to like you killing people. The problem with the death penalty is like, you know, I I feel like living your life out in jail is worse. But also, our parole system in this country is really effed up. up. Yeah, so like in some cases, it it. It feels like that is the correct answer. But also there are too many cases where innocent people are actually executed. And then we find out later that they're innocent. So I do feel very conflicted about that. But also like there are some just pure evil souls on this planet that there's no fix for them in my opinion. So she was found guilty and sentenced to death. The motive for the murders were to pay off gambling debts, like from her gambling addiction. So she tried one problem by killing others. So she tried so hard to make herself sound like this innocent person that these people just happened to die on and whatnot. Lo and behold, she had a gambling addiction and she racked up these debts. So like. (laughs) she was making all this money off of these men but really it was going back into paying her debts right so how much of that money did she actually see we don't know but she that that's the underlying like motive to all this I mean that makes more sense than just her wanting to do it like she yeah. saw an easy way to pay off stuff and went for it she was sentenced to be killed on December 7th 1938 uh the night before she was killed she refused to see her husband and son and instead she decided to throw a farewell party for the news people that had been covering her trial (laughs) she treated them to punch and cakes in her cell and you know it I guess (laughs) it's that just proves that it's really it was about the attention for her yeah Also, it was reported that not too many of them showed up and that, and it's like, I wonder why you, you literally are on trial for killing these people through like their meals and stuff. So my my initial reaction, I was like, heck no, I would not go. And then I sat here for a second and I was like, I would love to see that train wreck. But also she was trying to be the media darling and like got these people on her side, but then also at the same time they didn't show up. So it's like. Did they actually? Believe yeah. Her? Probably not, but they still posted their stories to get their views and their money. All the way, bada bing, bada yeah. boom! All the way to the end of like this whole shebang and whatnot. She believed that the state of Ohio wouldn't kill a woman and would order her sentence to be commuted. Jokes on her, though. Because it wasn't until she was strapped into the electric chair did it dawn on her that she was about to die. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Not whenever she hosted her own no. going away party? No. She really thought that she was gonna, they were gonna be like, you know what? You're a woman. We can't kill you. Alright But yeah. once she was strapped in and everything and she realized this was this was it. She began to plead for her life. She asked for help. She literally was like, think of my son. Do you really want him to grow up without a mother? Do you really want to see him I mean, to see his mother die this way? I mean, you're either going to be executed or spending the rest of your life in jail. So either way, like, no disrespect, but also disrespect because you disrespected a lot of lives. But like, your son's going to grow up without you either way. Oh, so you've, you include your son in this whole scheme, anyway. True, so. I forgot about that. <laughs> you, I forgot. You about don't that. want him to remember you this way, but also he, even if you're not killed, you're going to be in jail, and your son's going to remember the fact that you used him. Yeah. To get this poison. Yeah. We all know Frank on TikTok <laughs> with his dancey dance, right? Uh, where am I at? Uh, they also say that in the middle of saying the Lord's Prayer is when they finally flip the switch for her to be electrocuted. Oh my gosh. Um, so Han is listed as the first woman to die by electric chair in Ohio. So, she does have that small honor, if you want to think of that as an honor. She probably does. (laughs) She died at the Ohio Penitentiary in Columbus, Ohio, which the northerner in me is going to come out here because I do directions by time and stuff. Oh, Cincinnati to Columbus is roughly two hours. Okay. So I don't know if she, it doesn't state if she was tried in Cincinnati or if she was tried in Ohio, in, um columbus Mm -hmm. i'm going to say she was probably tried in columbus because that is the state capital we're going to say that's where (laughs) everything took place um she was buried at mount calvary cemetery in columbus which when i go home like to where i was born and where i still have some friends and family i do have to pass through there so i am tempted one of these days (laughs) maybe pull off In Columbus and see if I can find this cemetery. (laughs) Because I know it is a very old one. So it would be interesting to see if I could maybe get a list of some names and try to find them. You probably could. Probably. Uh, They estimated that she killed 15 men. They don't have an exact count because they started exhuming these bodies of these men that she cared for and after a certain amount they were just like all right this is enough yeah we have enough evidence to put you away so we're not going to care about the victims and their families yeah gotcha so they they know she was guilty of killing a lot of men but they don't have a true count on how many she actually killed Mm -hmm. um So, I'm going to show you these pictures of, you know, our beautiful blonde killer. Isn't she so beautiful? That's blonde? Even in her younger... I mean, they're older pictures. They don't look blonde. They look like she is brunette or gray. Like dark. Well, I was thinking, like, maybe dirty blonde. I don't know. We'll have these posted on Instagram and all that stuff for you guys. But, yeah. But... I mean, I guess early 19, like 1930s, whatnot, I guess. Yes, that is the beauty. Yeah. I was about to say, to be fair, our blonde is ble- bleach blonde at this point in our 2021, 2020, 2022 culture. But, and, but mm-hmm. like in this first one, she's got this lovely cross around her neck. She looks like trying really to be- very polite. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... But she's psychotic, we learned today. So that was... She is wearing this... Cr- I just realized she's wearing this cross necklace in all her pictures. Picture. So she was... Whether these are... I don't know if these were all taken when she was a, re- a royal yeah. mom, but she at least always tried to put, like, her faith proper on display. Appear like a proper young lady. So, yes. Well, that was... That was the she, case. She is. She is interesting. Like I said, this is my first time learning about her. And. I, Like I said, I think I discovered her through Murderpedia. Mm-hmm. And I happened to see Cincinnati, Ohio listed as like where it was at. And I was and like, oh, it. let's click on this. And then I got into it and I was just like, what? Well, <laughs> this is great. And she, like I said, she was, she was interesting to get into. And I love the fact that, you know, the the husband that she tried to start this all out with is the one that ended up being like, let me tell you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was like, I am not the minor character. (laughs) here. I'm going to tell you everything. Uh, But it it was a ride and I loved every bit of it. Well, thanks for taking us on the ride today. Yep. Well we hope that you have a great day and we hope that you enjoyed it and I guess let's know follow us on all of our socials tequila she wrote. <laughs>